What's up, everybody? I am Patty G with the Patty G Show here with Julio Malera from Business Report 225 Magazine and In Register Magazine. We're going to be talking all about how to start a magazine, how to know when to start other magazines, and also just the Baton Rouge area as a whole. But before we get started, big thanks to our sponsors, Triton Stone Group and Falaya Real Estate. And without further ado, welcome Julio. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm glad we finally able to make this happen, a year in the making. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> uh, I was thinking back when you first came to see me about a year ago, man, you were just getting your traction and 83rd episode, man. Uh, kudos to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been a, a wild ride going from my screen porch filming these <laughs> shows to now having a full-blown production team with Flashbang here at Uncle Earl's. Hey, you know what? There's a, as an ancient pearl says, do not despise small beginnings. That's, <laughs> That's right. Oh, my gosh. You're yes. Right? I mean, starting with a phone and now here, we've come a little bit along the way. So what, what do you do, Julia? Who are you? Oh, well, every day uh, uh, I, uh, I make sure that the Business Report and 225 and Register Magazine and uh, our other product lines are, are reaching their audiences. We're developing content uh, that the sales uh, are, are coming in. And so as really as the CEO of our organization, uh, uh, my job is to make sure that all six spokes of the publishing business are, are, are working in unison. You know, we have an editorial department, we have an advertising department, but we have a business department, we have a production and design department. Uh, we also have a marketing department. Um, and, uh, and then we have an audience development and that has become real big now with all of our digital products, our, our apps that are online, our websites, our email marketing, our sponsor content. Uh, so that's my part-time job. My, my, my real full-time <laughs> job, is, job. I'm, I'm, is a dad of three <laughs> kids. Uh, but uh, that's kind of a quick nutshell. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to experience that full-time dad job soon the next upcoming Oh, months. get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm excited. Um, okay, so you got six spokes is, six spokes. is how you describe yeah. them? Yeah. So what? So those six, six spokes are those different departments that you just kind of laid out? Yeah. So beforehand, you mentioned the three different big brands, the yeah. Business Report, 225, and yeah. InRegister. Yeah. How did you get started with each of those? And maybe let's just yeah. go back a little bit. Where, what kind of a kid were you? How'd you grow up and end up doing what you do today? Well, um, my, my father left us when I was four years old. So I was raised by a single mom and my mom was a pistol. Uh, my, my real father was from New York. My mother was from Honduras uh, in Central America. And my mom was my hero. She, uh, you know, she was an amazing lady. She came to this country and uh, she learned how to speak English by watching The Tonight Show. <laughs> Wait, what? That's, how, that's how she learned English. Watching The Tonight Show? Watch, watching The Tonight Show back in the day. Yeah, that's starting incredible. with Johnny Carson. Yep. And, I love uh, that. And we used to catch a public transit system. But uh, she was amazing because uh, she gave us the gift of belief. And she had an incredible, strong work ethic. And so uh, mama did not play around. Uh, I, I mean, uh, she she worked hard. And so we were latchkey kids. So we'd come home and um, I knew how to do a lot of things that most kids don't know how to do that. My kids don't know how to do today. OK, <laughs> besides cooking, I know how to sew and I know how to iron. I know how to do a lot of things. Wow. Uh, but I was extremely fortunate because when I graduated from high school, um, I didn't have any money to go to school. And so I took out a couple of loans and I worked two jobs. So I was working 40, 60 hours a week to put myself through college. And um, 
I found a job my sophomore year. Uh, actually, it was the end of my freshman year. And local business journals, I'm born and raised in New Orleans, local business journals were coming on the scene in the early 1980s. And, and uh, for $3.35 an hour, that was the minimum wage back in the day. $3.35 wow. an hour. $3.35. I was back a in runner. the 80s. This is back in the 80s. Okay. 83 uh, ish. Okay. And, um, and uh, I was a courier. That's how I started. I was a courier. And um, for a local business journal, it was called City Business in New Orleans. And uh, that that started my career track because 13 years later, I became executive vice president. And then uh, WWL, the second oldest radio station in America, 50,000 watt clear channel, recruited me. And I was working on my MBA and they were owned by the Jesuits at that time. And um, I got to the radio industry uh, but in my second year, I became the top producer. And then the third year, I became the first million dollar producer in the radio industry in Louisiana. So you were a hustler. And I, oh, you, man. Were, you were hustling and I, making yes, it. Yes, indeed, man. Yes, indeed. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was a student. Uh, I was very, 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 very driven. And uh, I knew how to work. I knew how to work. And, <clears throat> and I studied my craft. That's what I try and tell a lot of young people today, man. Uh, you got to pay the price. A lot of people want success, but they're not willing to pay the price. They want to make more money, but they're not willing to uh, work hard. And so you can't take out of the system unless you put into it, right? 100%. And um, I feel like they want it too fast. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. That's they, right. they want to get into that, that that's success, right. that end goal that's right. from day one. That's right. You know, with, with social media, digital age, we know the unicorns of the business industry, and they just are an overnight success. But Everyone I've ever talked to says oh, it's been years in the making. It's been years of late nights, years of putting in that effort. It, it's, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the great tragedies in contemporary living today is uh, short term thinking and precisely what you're talking. about. I think you got to program your career, your relationships, your investments for long term. Too many people are worried about today and this month, but you got to program your business for the long term if you're going to be truly successful. And so, you know, patience is, you know, they say is a good virtue, but, you know, when you're young, a lot of people don't have it. But I was extremely fortunate. You know, I had a mentor that taught me a lot about business. Uh, he, he he filled the gap for the father that I didn't have. So he taught me a lot of business skills. And um, what was interesting is that <clears throat> after five years at WWL, he came back and recruited me. And at that time, he bought Louisiana Life Magazine, New Orleans Magazine, uh, and a couple of other, uh, I started St. Charles Avenue. And so uh, I came back and we grew that. We had two radio stations, an outdoor billboard company. And so I had the best job at, uh, at 29, I had the best job in, in New Orleans. And that's when I wrote my first book. Um, I wrote my first book then. And, uh, and what was it, what's the title of the book? <clears throat> the first one's called, Do You Have the Time for Success? Okay. And that little book been translated in four languages, sold over wow. half a million worldwide. And then I, I really didn't know what I was doing in that book, but the second <laughs> book, I really knew what I was doing. So the, the first book is the precursor is the to the precursor? real knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, the, the second one, it only takes everything you've got is the name of the second book. And, and that one has sold over right, around 800,000 worldwide over the last 25 years. So wow. it was kind of cool because there was no internet when I first saw, you know, actually the internet had just started coming around. But yeah. uh, Amazon um, was selling books. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> For books a million, that's exactly right. So, um, and it was really around that time um, my, um, that um, I came to Baton Rouge and I came to Baton Rouge to actually uh, buy the business report um, because I was just a hired gun. 
in New Orleans. What, what year are we at right now? We're in 96 and 96, 97. Yep. 96, okay. 97. Um, so that's a little fast forward there. Right. Uh, yeah. And, um, so it was in early 97, I was looking to, um, uh, buy something and I had opportunities actually in Miami and Dallas and Chicago, but I married a woman from Louisiana. There you go. So I wasn't going nowhere. I love it. <laughs> so the closest was Baton Rouge. And that's how, um, uh, I, I kind of connected with the business report, Rolf McAllister, my partner, uh, I tried to buy him. And for four weeks, this is an interesting story that very few people know. For four weeks, he didn't want anybody in Baton Rouge to know we, he was thinking about selling. And then I didn't want anybody in New Orleans to know that I was looking at this opportunity. So we would meet at Mitten Dwarfs and have catfish <laughs> every Wednesday for four weeks in a row. Like for four weeks and just, just talking through the just details. Just talking through the details, getting to know one another, eating catfish, man. Wow. And then at the end, you know, he just decided he was young. I mean, we, 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 I mean, we were youngsters. I, at, I think I just turned 31 and he was 40. And he goes, man, I'm too young. And and then his father had given him seed money to uh, get started. And um, we ended up putting a deal together and uh, we became partners. And um, and the rest, as they say, is history. It's been a great journey. Uh, um, we grew. It was just business report. Right, right, right. It was just business report. And so what were they doing at the time with the business report? Um, it, you know, uh, it was a small company. Uh, uh, they had about 24 employees. And that's all we did. Uh, obviously, we had some... some um, uh, we used to do the expo and um, some custom publishing, but at the time, um, you know, it was a couple of years later on because I was the publisher of New Orleans Magazine, and we started talking about where do young people, young professionals, go for information. Yeah, and that's when the birth of two two five took place, and so uh, a, a lot of people don't know uh, that in two thousand four we were having this serious conversation regarding a city mag for young people. You see. The, the college kids had the tiger rag and the Reveille and, and they, we called them back there. Uh, the blue haired people had uh, <laughs> register and, and La Vie. And there was another one, I forget what, Social City and all these other ones. But we, you know, kept asking, where do young professionals go to connect and, and, and find out what's hot and what's not? And, 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 and we started asking around and uh, we did a focus group and all the right uh, affirmations, you know, were coming through. We did a focus group. And then um, another thing, as people didn't know how the sausage was made, um, we decided, you know, we're going to go for this. This is a niche. Everything we do is niches, by the way, right? right. The Business Report is the Wall Street Journal of Baton Rouge. If you in this, if you live and work in Baton Rouge, you've got to read the Business Report and Daily Report. Um, obviously, 225 is a city magazine. Of course, in Register is it, uh, has its own niche, uh, going to the most affluent homes that are civically engaged in this community, right? And we cover a lot of social events, but since have turned it around into more of a lifestyle style uh, um, in dining and, and entertaining uh, magazine. But <clears throat> kind of going back to 225, um, so we were down to two names. It's true story because up until that time, you would have never heard of 225. Nobody used 225. It was the area code. Though, and, this right? is, and this is what, what year? This is 2004. 2004. 2004. Okay. So right, right before Katrina. That's right. Okay. So um, we are down to two names. It was BR Inc. Brink with the emphasis on BR, which sounds so funky and so <laughs> ugly and so stupid today, right? But it was one of the core ones that we had left. Brink, and and then uh, we had two two five, and so it was funny because people, 
Why 225? It's the damn area code. Yeah, it's that's the area code. It's the region that we're going to cover. And so we 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 pulled the tri- trigger on 225. Uh, it was one morning coming out of uh, out of a coffee shop. Uh, we we did it in my car. We said we're going to go with 225. And then we hired a staff in April. This is very important. April of 2005, we hired Tom Garisco to be the first editor. I hired Jeff Rodell. He was part of our uh, our team. I hired Ree Harriman and Nancy Clary to do the advertising side. And out of this little small space, um, we we started working. And what we did in April is we planned, we mapped out a plan, and we said we're going to launch in, in November. We're going to have a November December issue, and then we start off with the new year because we wanted to catch some of the retail right, uh, right. season, right, for advertising the end in the year. So we started working, 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 and what most people think. As you well know, at the end of August, the beginning of September, Katrina hits. A lot changed. And everything, yeah, that's right. Our community was rocked, over 200,000 people into Baton Rouge. And my goodness, we couldn't have timed it better, right? I mean, because the train had already left the station. And so people thought we started 225 because of, because Katrina. of Katrina, but we were already prepared to yeah. l- launch. And so November came out, and the issue was this big. And our cover story for the very first issue <clears throat> Uh, I'll never forget it. Is is Baton Rouge ready to become a cosmopolitan city? Because <laughs> everybody was in town, right? And yeah. the Shaw Center had just opened up, and Tsunami had just opened up. So it was wow. like all the timing uh, had come, yeah. uh, you know, at the perfect and everything time. Everything just started working together. That, that's right. That's exactly and started right. Started just being a big push. That's right. for the two two five. That's area. exactly right. Wow. So do y'all still? have like an original print of that first issue. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do. You know, last year, uh, this past year, we celebrated our 15th year anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And, and and it's been a game changer for the community. I mean, I can't tell how many people say, oh, my God, you know, can I borrow 225? I'm look, you know, we're looking at moving here. We're looking at bringing our kids back. Can we borrow it? And the mission of 225 that most people don't really know, it's just to really help local people discover the people and the places that make Baton Rouge unique. We've got so much talent in this community. It's amazing. There's so many places that people who live in this side of town have never been to this side of town, to live in that side of town, have been to this side of town. And so every issue we want to challenge and encourage and inspire people, get to know the people of Baton Rouge, get to know the places of Baton Rouge, you know? And and so uh, it's, been, it's been a home run. We've been extremely blessed. Yeah, that's, I mean, you said it perfectly, Baton Rouge, kind of after Katrina, became that melting pot of everybody that lives here is so unique, so diverse, that there is so much opportunity here. There's so much happening. There's so many people throughout the community that have moved here and stayed here. You know, we got a member of the audience in here tonight from New Jersey, New Jersey. moved down here to Baton Rouge. I like it, baby. And is living here and loving it, That's you know? Right. Yes. And it's exciting to me to hear those stories of people saying, oh, because of this, I came to Baton Rouge. Because of X, Y, and Z, I came to Baton Rouge. And then you're at the point where, okay, now how do we get that because of out and let people know that that's here, you know? And 225, I think, is a great way to have that avenue to do that. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's uh, we've won national awards and, and you know, we got a great team and they're extremely passionate about Baton Rouge. So it, it makes it, it, it's hard work that becomes easy when you love what you're doing and covering the people and the places that, that, that uh, impact your life every day. Yeah, and that's for for any entrepreneur or any business owner. That's right. Loving the process. 
right? right? If you don't, if you all you're worried about is that end issue, that end print, but you don't love all that in between, the countless edits, the countless revisions, the countless oh, adjust this angle, change the coloring on this, and then you get to see the final product, you'll lose yourself. That's exactly right. And you'll get burned out, and you won't be here 50 years later, right? Yeah, that's right. So that's right. when you came onto the business report, that's all that they were doing. How did y'all kind of go about saying, okay, now we need to make that leap? How do we, how do you know when to take that leap to add on something that for all you know, could have gone sideways? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, you know, one, you think about scaling your business. Um, two, I think that, you know, everything we've always done, uh, was organic, organic growth. Right. And, um, you know, we're just entrepreneurs, right? We're not, the, the difference between entrepreneurs and inventors is that an inventor will invent a product and go try and find a market. But an entrepreneur will find a market and then create the solution or the, or the product to fill that market. And so for, with, 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 with 225, we saw a market opportunity and we filled that gap, that void. Um, we knew we wanted to continue to grow. And so we grew with events. A lot of people don't know we started Sunday in the park. A lot of people don't know we brought down the fur ball down here from Chicago. A lot of people don't know we started the corporate cup run. I mean, we've sold these and given them off to other organizations over the year because that's not primarily what we do. But <laughs> yeah. we like to innovate. Ideas are the currency of the future. So we're constantly thinking about new ways uh, and new ideas. And so, uh, you know, we knew we need to continue to grow. And so uh, we love niches, right? Everything we do is niches. And so the next niche that, that we saw is in register. You know, um, I remember reading in The Economist, it was a headline, forget about China and India. The next economic boom is women. And when I read the article, it talked about the spending power of women. It talked about the influence of women. It talked about women in the workplace. And I go, you know what, let's, let's, let's work in that niche. Let's own that niche. And so in register was a, was a great segue there because, you know, the majority, uh, uh, of the uh, subscribers uh, were women in affluent households with philanthropic and community engagement, uh, 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 flows. And, and, um, and then we did some surveys and we didn't just want it to be a social magazine. We wanted to add some content to it. Right. right? And, and, and so we did that. <clears throat> And we found out that homes, interior homes, outdoor living, all these aspects of quality of life were very, very important to our readers. So we started adding that content and uh, it's become a beautiful product. I could take that product in Dallas, Atlanta. You, you can put it up against any of those Charlotte, San Diego, and uh, we will easily compete, if not be better in some cases. Really? Yes. So taking that same product and putting it into those markets. Yes. Is there a plan down there to make that happen? No, you know, um, so, you know, the kind of the way we look at it is that, um, you know, the national news and, you know, all that stuff is a commodity. You can get anywhere. We, we want to be just local, local, local. And so everything that we cover in Business Report, everything we cover in 225, everything we cover in Register, it's all about local or regional. Right. right. And, and, and so, you know, we've decided that that's going to be our wheelhouse. And, um, you know, we've had many opportunities. Uh, we asked we've had people ask us to come to New Orleans, to Lafayette, to Shreveport. Uh, but this is a very people intense business. 
Of, of right? course, it's you know? all about relationships. That's too. right. That's right. And 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 it's hard. I mean, it's it, it can be sexy on the outside, but it's hard. No, it, you know, most yeah. people don't see the sausage being made. It, exactly. <laughs> they, don't, they don't. They don't see the hours sitting sitting with a potential new client, saying, "Okay, here's the numbers, and all it is is numbers, numbers, numbers." And then they say, "Okay, now let's look at the content. Yeah. How can we achieve those numbers? How do we keep those readers going back?" to picking up that next issue? How do we keep them wanting more while still remaining local? Because generally, if you look at a, a business over time, they start to expand their reach, their demographic, their, their size starts to spread out. But intentionally, staying within an area is unique and you gotta craft and really mold that business model to be successful. Yeah, very true. Look, uh, I had, uh, you know, cause off of, we do have some other spinoff uh, entities out here, out of Business Report, we do our, our I founded the Executive Leadership Academy uh, in 2017. And we have uh, rising C-level people, small business owners that they don't have time to go get an MBA, but they're looking for real world training on leadership. Any community, any company, any country is only as good as its leadership. So. Uh, we put together a real special curriculum, and one of one of the uh, features is that every session that we have, I bring in a CEO the way you brought me here, and I interview them, and I've, I've, got, I've got specific questions. And uh, I had Todd Graves on twice because he does an incredible job on culture. But I even asked him, um, why don't you expand your menu? And I'll never forget, he said, I can't tell you how many different consultants I've had, add smoothies, add salads, add this, add that. He goes, nope, one love. And yeah. $2 billion later, chicken <laughs> fingers, baby. You know, and it's true. Yeah. There's something to be said for the power of focus. When you're scaling a business, you have finite resources, right? Human, capital, time, energy. And so, uh, you know, we, we, you know, even though we do and we innovate off of our brands, uh, we, we try and stay within that niche. And it's really to service those people that we're already servicing because we want to continue to build equity and cultivate the relationship with our audience. 100%. You know, most retailers only have one, one client. That's the person that walks into the door. We've got two. I've got to make sure that we're delivering content. And it doesn't matter if it's the magazine, if it's digital, if it's email, if it's through live event, uh, that we're we're, the content is good. And so that I can have my advertisers, right? And so we've got advertisers we got to please. And so I got to make sure we have the eyeballs so that I can deliver the advertisers what we're promising them. So uh, it's a challenge, but it's, it's, it's a wonderful business. <laughs> yeah, that's, and it, it's true. The content has to be good enough to keep them coming back. Because if you have a, a poor article or a poor series of articles, they're just going to, oh, they've gone down, this writer, this editor, they've, they've stopped caring. That's right. But you got to have that continued excellence, that continued growth and say, oh, I got to come back. I got to come back. I got to come back. That's right. So you just spoke of one other little function y'all have kind of started going into, the CEO Leadership Academy. What, what is that? What does that do? So um – what we started doing is, uh, and actually, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I was in San Diego at a national conference, and this guy in Chicago started it. And I was fascinated uh, by it. So I flew up to Chicago, and I looked at what they were doing. And I said, I could bring this back to Louisiana, and I think we can make it better. And so they were just focusing on corporations. Um, and, and in Chicago, you've got the critical mass for that. Down here, we have finite <laughs> Uh, corporations because our economy runs primarily small business, right? Yeah, it's all small. So, so what we did, it, it, it's a five, it's five Friday course, five Fridays. That's all it is. And for a fee, the first day, it's all day. Then there's four other sessions that are 8 a.m. to 2.30. 
And there's a, a big leadership Hogan assessment, which is kind of the Mercedes Benz of personal leadership assessment. You have a one hour coaching session. Uh, it's very painful for most people, but very <laughs> profitable. You yeah. Know? Um, it's hard to sit and have someone say, here are your flaws. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and but, you know, if you want to be a great leader, you got to be aware. Right. You got to be aware. And um, and so we teach real world uh, information. And so we look at everything from conflict resolution to how to lead and manage multi-generational workforce, right? Gen Z's, millennials, baby boomers, Gen, Gen X's. They all want know, different Z. things. And they're, they're motivated differently, differently yes. right? So yes. you've got to understand that. Um, to how to create a culture of excellence. You know, I can walk into a business and I can smell culture. I mean, you could smell if it's excellent, you know, if, if it's flawed. I mean, it, it, and, and so uh, for five Fridays, we try and deposit as fast as we can, as much as we can. And there's case studies and they break out. But, you know, one of the beautiful things about we only accept 30 people, 30 people at a time, right? Because, we, we, you know, we get intimate. Um, and they're from different backgrounds. Usually, I mean, I've had CEOs. I've had VPs. I've had people that are trying to small business owners that go, oh, my God, my company is growing and I need help. I, I now realize I need help, you know, right. leading people, We're managing no longer people. just a mom and pop That's shop. That's exactly right, right? And so... Um, it's been great. Uh, we're getting ready. I now have 300 alumni. So wow. uh, we've, been through, uh, we've been through our 10, uh, 10 sessions and, and we're actually looking at um, doing a 2.0 version now. We, I've got that pent up demand. But what I was going to say is that probably it's been very satisfying on our exit surveys where people got out of it. But the networking that's gone on between those people has been phenomenal. New friendships, new customers. Um, uh, we even had a husband wife, uh, uh, uh do they came into the, uh, so session. Was so it, was it, it was real marriage good. counseling or business counseling? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> I got to ask him. So it's been real cool. Very, uh, you know, very fulfilling because, you know, we want to play a small role, you know, again, I, I'm, I want to go back to this context of leadership, any city, any community, any company is only as good as its leadership. And so, um, your company, your organization will only get better if you get better. And right. So. Uh, we can't be satisfied. We got to continue to grow and evolve as leaders. Yeah, and you can only do that with your business by getting that education, right? Yep. If you don't seek it out, whether it be through books or talking with people, getting a mentor, you're going to get stuck in a rut, and you're going to be, you know, just banging your head against the wall trying to figure out how to get out, and then having that extra step of, hey, I need help. You know? Well, you know, and you're right because even in these breakouts that we have within the curriculum. Uh, they learn from each other just as much as they're learning from the facilitators and the speakers. It's, right? it's that collaboration. That's right. It's that, it's that round it. table. Hey, throw ideas out. No, nothing's off the table, right? That's nothing's right. a bad idea. Let's hash it out. Let's figure out what's going to work. That's exactly right. So then on the content side of the business, you know, you've got these three different magazines, but then you've also got the fourth one, the 1012 industry. But across all those, you said, you know, the content is so important. How is it that y'all are able to kind of cultivate and continuously create that content in such a high regard that people always are seeking it out. Yeah. Um, talent. I mean, we, we are extremely fortunate. We got great talent from, uh, you know, on the B2B side from J.R. Ball and Stephanie Regal to Jen Termo, uh, our editor Kelly Bozeman and Register. We've got great editors, our editorial leader, Penny Font. I mean, it, you know, again, and it, you know this because we've talked about it, but you know, our companies are only as good as our people, right? right? And 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 they have such high standards 
you know, uh, and they live our core values in our company. And so, uh, you know, uh, we have a little saying around our place that uh, uh, I know the world says don't sweat the details, but around our place, <laughs> we sweat the details, yeah. right? And, you know, it, it's interesting because over the years, um, you know, a lot of people have their own bent regarding, you know, the media in today's world. But whenever I call, whenever I get a call from somebody complaining about anything, the first thing I do is, was anything inaccurate, right? And invariably, 99.9% of the time they go, no, but, no, but, <laughs> oh, okay. So you didn't like the way, you know, and, and, and again, you know, it's funny because over the years, what you learn, and this is kind of a sad state of our, <laughs> of our world, you know, uh, and, you know, we do the business awards in Hall of Fame. We do the top right. 40 and the 40. You know, we celebrate the best of 225, all these awards where we recognize success, we recognize achievement, and we honor all these people. Um, those don't pull as good as bad news. Yes. You know, when, when somebody's getting fired, when somebody's going out of business, I mean, I mean, it's just amazing. People will absorb and, you know, flock towards a bad, bad yeah. news, bad yeah. press, yeah, bad situation. But when you have the good news and you celebrate the greatest of things, it it, it performs well. Right. But it just underperforms right. the bad news. That's they right. They love that juicy gossip. Yes. Oh, what did this person do? Yes. What was so bad about that? So true. They love to read it and they love to absorb yeah. it. It's like, why? Why so do true. we feel we want to find something bad to then go and read about it and learn about it and share it? You know, why are we looking at that? Why are we looking at, you know, good things? And why are we trying to share the positive side of life? I just read in this book, uh, the psychologist did, did this research. He said negative news is 10 times more impactful than positive news. And it travels just as fast. Yeah. Right. Way faster. Negative news spreads quicker than positive. And uh, it just irks the you know what out of me because I, I everything <laughs> I live my life with I'm a I'm a half full guy man right and and uh, but that's just kind of the world we live in yeah you know is it like do we have this sense that we want to feel a little bit better and so by reading something bad it kind of maybe subconsciously lifts us up a little bit I think that's why Jerry Springer has such a high ratings <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people love that show. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's entertaining to watch what happens on there. But it's like, why can't we watch something, you know, positive that's and right. lighthearted that's right. and, you know, good news spreading throughout the community? Yeah, that's right. Which I love what y'all kind of started to do with the 40 under 40, the best of 225. How did that kind of spring about within the organization to say, hey, let's start awarding some people for doing great in the community? Yeah. Well, the uh, you know, the top 40 and the 40, I don't know. I don't even know which one of our peers nationally, but, you know, we, we try and look at best practices around the country. And if they fit Baton Rouge, if they fit our, our mission, uh, then we try and, and uh, emulate some of those things. And so we're now, whew, uh, Rolf and I were talking about, uh, we now have a, a thousand alumni, top 40 in the 40. Wow. We've been doing it since the late 1990s, mid 1990s, something like that. And again, it's really to celebrate achievement, right? Um, our business, one of my I love them all. As a matter of fact, uh, next week we're celebrating our um, Business Reports um, 2021 Influential Women in Business. We're honoring nine distinguished ladies in our community, recognize their accomplishments, both professionally and civically. And it's interesting because, you know, when you're working hard and you're a leader, you know, stuff is just expected of you. Your employees expect it, your family expects it, everybody expects it, right? So it's nice to get that recognition, you know? And and what's interesting is that we just, we're kind of like a hub. Um, 
we typically we typically have a blue ribbon panel of past recipients that actually do the voting. We, you know, because I want to kind of stay out of it. And so uh, these people recognize and and past um, past recipients are, are part of the voting process. And same thing with top forty under forty. Uh, I, I will tell you that over the last. Whew, Five years, man, uh, the nominations, it, it's gotten tougher and tougher because we'll have three to 400 nominations and we got to really? call it down to 40 people, right? You know, that wow. year. So, uh, uh, you know, I think people uh, really, um, you know, of course, many people put that on their resume, on their bios and all that. But even our business awards on Hall of Fame, which is really one of my favorite because we take some iconic people in our business community and um, we induct them into the Business Hall of Fame. And it's their one time where they get to thank their employees, their vendors, their customers, their spouses, and their children for the sacrifices that got them to this level of success. So it's really, really cool. It's a special night. Uh, uh, we just had a great one a couple of weeks back. And and uh, those always, man, people, you, you laugh and you cry. I mean, you see the, the journey of these people, uh, their ups and downs, their failures and the successes and how they bounce back. And so it's, it's, it's inspiring. Yeah. And then the best part is they're all local. You know? That's right. All you, you, local. you can that's see right. them shopping in the grocery store. I think that's, that's right. the, the one of the best parts about it. It's like, oh, I know that person. That's or, exactly oh, I'm friends right. with that person. You know, it's that's like right. I went through the top, the business reports 40 under 40. And I was like, hang on. I know like five or six of these people on a personal level, not just heard of their names. That's like right. I, we, we go to grab drinks, like we get dinner together. Like it's, I know these so people. True. And seeing that in the community is great because it's that local supporting local aspect of it that I love so much. Yeah. But on the production side of the content and getting that out there the magazines and when people think of a magazine they think of mostly paper a tangible print magazine how has that kind of shifted over the years from the 80s when you came on board to the 2021 culture we're living in where everything that i need is right here yeah no it's definitely shifted uh tremendously but i would say this uh, um you know when television came on the scene i, I like history i like history yeah. i like biographies uh when when um when television came on the scene, they said radio's dead. Radio's <laughs> out of business. And what radio had to do is what all of us are having to do. Is you reinvent yourself, right? Nobody would have pictured radio the way it is today with, uh, you know, pay radio. The, uh, uh, what is it? XM radio. Yeah, XM radio. Zero on, XM demand, XM, on demand. Spotify, All Pandora. that stuff, right? Yeah, you know. And so I think the same thing, you know, there's a big difference um, with saying the word print and magazine. So, um, and I'll give you an example. Um, our least impacted magazine, we were all, don't get me wrong, we were impacted during COVID, but it's been amazing because in order for you to look at a home spread, and, and I just look at the way my wife is looking at interiors. I mean, she wants to see the whole thing, not on the little phone and, and trying to, you know, and, and there's a feel to it. And so I will tell you, I, I'm, I'm going to predict, um, if print would have been dead, the dailies would have been out of business already. Okay. And which, which I actually thought that was going to happen, but um, I don't think, um, I think prints or magazines are reinventing themselves. Cause what's happened is that it's been niches between niches between niches. And so let me give you an example. It ended up uh, happening that it was sports illustrated was the main magazine, right? Then, um, Let's try a 24-hour TV channel called ESPN. It's never going to work. Who wants sports 24 hours, right? Uh, but now you have the tennis channel, right? <laughs> now you have the golf channel, right? Yeah. So it's niches within niches within niches. And what, what, what we've seen, as a matter of fact, in 2019, I believe I saw, there were 154 new magazines launched in North America. 
Really? And there were niches within niches, right? When we're all going digital, right? When, when, yeah. when, when, when obviously digital's going like this. And so what I'm saying is that I think that there's a, um, there's a niche for the magazines. I think uh, 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 the digital is going to continue to grow, but just the same way that uh, social media has come on. And, and uh, I mean, you look at now, you've, you've got some new platforms coming on board. TikTok's coming on real strong, right? Uh, and so it's going to be interesting that, you know, the pressure puts on, on, on Facebook and Instagram. And I mean, at the end of the day, there's only so much, so much eyeballs, right? And so... Um, again, in our business, content is king and it doesn't matter what platform, right? It's all about the content. And right. so what we're trying to make sure, you know, we have our 225 app. Most people don't even know this. We were the first business journal in America to launch an e-newsletter. So in 1998, really? when everybody was going faxes, the old AOL and, and, and <laughs> yeah. uh, people had fax uh, uh, newsletters, we, we launched Daily Report. And um, again, what is that? Uh, almost 24, 25 years later, um, none, none of the uh, e-newsletters in the state have the open rate that we have. We have um, over 46% open rate, with, which, which the average in the, in the country is between 15 and 20%. And, and again, that has to do with loyalty. That has yeah. to do with content, right? We want to be the first to break the news. We want to be the first to bring it to you. And then trusted sources, right? A, tr a source you can trust. Yeah. So all those things, you know, are part of the ingredients, right, that makes us unique. And so, you know, you can't ever rest on your laurels, man. We're constantly pushing. And uh, our writers, we're pushing our salespeople. We're pushing our production, our design. We want to get better. Uh, what's good to me, good is the enemy of great. And so I think the lowest standard today for most things being delivered is good. And so we have, we don't want to be good. Yeah, we we want to be the best at what we do. Exactly. We want to be the best at what we do. Yeah. And so like you saying that the, the 46% open rate, when someone hears that, they may think that's, you know, that's super low. Correct. Because back in the nineties, it was probably a 90% open rate. Right. So, so, so I'm talking specifically about, the, about the email, <clears throat> e uh, um, emails that go out with the news. And so, um, again, most uh, um, in the late 1990s when these were coming out, I mean, there were so many that were just re beginning to enter enter this particular piece of business. And so the longevity, you know, being first really helps, I guess, yeah. is my point in business. If you're launching a product, if you're thinking about doing something, nobody remembers the second man on the moon, but everybody knows who the first one was. Right. That's and right. so getting to market first, if you can. You know, speed is at a premium today, right? So is news. So, again, we want to be the first to break news um, through any one of our outlets. As a matter of fact, uh, this year in January, we launched 225 Daily because of what you're saying, right? We've got the magazine, but we also have an appetite from our readers to get it more consistently. Yeah. And so uh, we've been slowly con converting um, to delivering the, the type of content for our 225 readers that they, that they want on a more consistent basis. We just used to have 225 Dine two days a week because the number one reason people read uh, uh, 225 is for food. Uh, that's what our that's <laughs> yeah. what our research shows, right? The foodies, where to go eat, recipes. I mean, all the- uh, Yeah, they want, they want to know what's to eat in what's hot? Baton Rouge. That's yeah, right. What's hot? Exactly. Where's that's the right. new restaurant? That's right. Why should I go there? That's exactly right. And so- um, so instead of just delivering 225 uh, Dine, we're now delivering 225 daily. So five days a week, you can subscribe and it's free. And just go to, to, to the 225 <laughs> website. I love it. And so how are you able to kind of keep up with that 
amount of content, right? Because you want, you know, like yeah. you said, if you're not the first person, you better be the best person. That's right. right? And so right. how do you keep up that level of content and still achieve such great things? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I feel uh, like it's like a, an, an ever uphill battle yes, it to is. get to make that happen. It is. You know, because it there really is, is, there is, especially during COVID, right? Yeah. You know, there is only so much you can talk about until people read the article and say, well, wait, this, we just read about the same thing last week. Okay, great. They got shrimp on the menu this week. They had crawfish last week. All right, yeah. come on. Give me something new. Well, and you know, uh, you bring up a good point, and that's the reason. There, there really is a lot more to talk about in Baton Rouge than people think. And this is where I think our team has done a phenomenal job um, on, on the fashion side, on the art side. And I'm talking about, you know, everything from performing arts to visual arts, uh, the music, uh, the culinary scene. Um, uh, the recreation scene. I mean, there's just, there's a lot more. And I I feel, you know, it's funny because when people come to Baton Rouge, they really enjoy Baton Rouge. And sometimes it's our own locals that talk negative about the place that we live, you know? And that's yeah. that that's one of the things that we are, you know, we're trying to change uh, at 225. Yeah. Change kind of, you know, the mindset. Because there's a lot. There's really there, a lot there, to do. There's a lot going on go. and you got to get it out there. Yeah, that's right. Because if you don't know, I mean, the biggest thing that I've heard of a lot of people in local areas, oh, I didn't know this place existed. Or, oh, I never heard of this place before. What is? What do, what do you do there? You mm -hmm. know, if a new place comes to town, they get that initial push. But if you don't read that exact article or that exact thing and people don't talk about it the way they used to, then how are you going to be able to continue to grow your business, right? Yep. And so it's that consistent every day, oh, this new place, this new place, this new place. And it's giving the businesses a chance to shine, right? That's right. You know, which is huge for them to be able to have stories written about them, have spotlight issues, because that, you know, is essentially the least expensive route for press that they can get without having, you know, hey, let me take out an ad. It's like, right. oh, wait, let's write about you and let's showcase your, you know, your story, prove the concept by writing about you. Now you might want to come on board to sponsor. Yeah. Right. These, mm -hmm. All the eyeballs you got on you is incredible. So how do you kind of see this digital age of technology and print kind of morphing, but still existing, is there ever going to be some type of video element to- Oh, for sure. For to, sure, yeah. To the business report in yeah. 225. Oh, sure, for sure. Yeah, we we actually uh, are in the process of uh, opening up what's called Studio E and to uh, elevate uh, and excel your uh, brand and and is, is a big video uh, component to that, both for us internally and for some of the demands that we're getting now for our clients. And, we, and, and, and we're already doing some of that right now. I think video is going to play a big role um, yeah. for sure. Um, and um, in so many different ways, um, e even from from selling side, uh, lead gens and, and uh, uh, there's a lot of new things. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because there's some things I don't want to say. You see, regarding the video, <laughs> there's but, still some, uh, <laughs> there's still some things in the works. Yeah, that are percolating. But yeah, absolutely. I think video is going to play a huge role. I think it's only going to be getting uh, stronger, and and, um, and there's going to be more demand for it. Yeah, especially that that interactive That's video, right. right? You know, yeah. the, the the Facebook lives or the live streams of something happening, breaking news, and people being able to ask questions on the spot, right? And then being able to have that engagement, I think that's just going to be huge and really, really incredible in the years to come. And even now, you know, people are absorbing more video than ever. Yep, absolutely. So kind of starting to get towards the end of the show and wrapping up, we have our little, our little set list of questions. Um, and so the first one we want to start off with is... What are three lessons you've kind of learned throughout your career 
you know, starting way back from being a paper, you know, a, a low level 335 an hour person to now running these several different product categories. Three lessons that I'd share. Well, I think probably the first one would be uh, the, is that if you win the game on the inside, you'll win the game on the outside. And I think business and life is about having a mindset. And you got to have the right mindset and you got to have a growth mindset. Um, and so um, you got to have a game plan to grow. It doesn't yeah. just happen. That I mean, that's that's huge, right? Because if you'd have your mindset of just, all right, we got to get through tomorrow, get through the next week and just get the work done. But you don't look past it. You know, like we said before in the beginning, plan for the long term, not for t- tomorrow. Yep. I think that would be one for sure. Uh, I would also say, you know, I, I'm trying to teach. Uh, I have three kids. I, I have twins that are graduating from high school this year, and they've done a great job. I have my my daughter is going to be a senior next year at LSU. And if you were to ask them, uh, one of my uh, since they were little, I would tell them IQ is important, but it's not the most important thing in life. You better have EQ. You better learn how to communicate, and you better learn how to connect with people. You better learn how to resolve conflict. Those two are important, but they're not the most important. And they go, what? <laughs> you <laughs> the, just live with those. The most important is FQ, and that's your failure quotient. Your ability to fall down in life and get back up. Your ability to be disappointed because what I'm seeing right now, a lot of people can't take disappointment. They fail at the first try or they fall down at the first try or the second try and then they give up. But this game of life and this game of business, it's about being relentless. It's about being resilient. And so your FQ is just as important as your IQ and your EQ. And probably the third one which my mother gave me, uh, I'll give her credit, uh, is that, um, you know, somebody once said that attitude is everything. Ah, I don't think that's right, you know, um, because um, you can have a positive attitude, but if you're incompetent, I'm going to fire you, right? <laughs> I'm happy to show up for work today. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm happy to be here, boss. But a positive attitude is the most important thing that we bring to life, that we bring to our coworkers, we bring to our customers, that we bring to life. So I think maintaining and having a positive attitude, and look, a positive attitude, it takes strength of character to be positive. And uh, it's not easy. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've had people, oh, Julia, man, it's all you, you ever talk about positive attitude, positive attitude. And uh, do I have rough days? Of course I have rough days, man. Uh, but we're not positive because life is easy. We're positive because life can be hard. Right. And if you maintain that posture, you're going to enjoy the journey a lot more. Those will be my three, my three top ones, I think. <laughs> I love that. That, 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 that FQ is huge. You know, I don't, I don't know what has led into people just not, you know, having a failure and just wanting to throw their hands up and quit, right? It's you can't. You, if, if you have one failure, you've had, you know, 100 failures too few. Right. That's you, right. You have to continue right. to fail, but each failure is more of a lesson is the way I kind of right. see it. I didn't I didn't fail. Right. I just learned a way not to do it. That's exactly right. You know, and that's all it is. See, that's perspective. That's a good mindset. You got the right mindset. I, I got one down. Okay. <laughs> hundred more to go. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, so what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Oh, that's easy. I wish I could play sports every day. <laughs> I, I was I was good at everything great at nothing. <laughs> but I love sports because it's a great metaphor for life. Uh, 
Yeah. And uh, I've watched my kids play. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they, they have my genes, but I, I've got one that could have probably played at collegiate level if he didn't have my genes. Uh, but the metaphor life of teamwork, right? Being disciplined, learning how to lose and fail, right? You yeah. Know? You te- you're and, taught right, failure. Extra- extract that lesson, right? Learning how to win, right? With character and grace, right? Uh, 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 c- commitment, right? Uh, um, you know, conflict, competing. I mean, you got to compete in you know in today's world. So, um, I I just uh, I, I just love playing sports, and 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 even today uh, I I enjoy competing. <laughs> I'm competitive. <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear your. I'm I can hear that. Even ah, checkers or marbles, I'm competitive. <laughs> See, I like to win at everything. And there's looking my in my household. There's there's some board games we just can't play as a couple. A couple. Right? Oh yes. <laughs> you got to yes. you got to know that. What's that board? What's that game we can't play because we both yes. get too competitive? <laughs> we used we to play Monopoly heads. and we couldn't go to bed until uh-huh. I won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, then Monopoly's our game too. We we can't. It's our it's our, our divorce game. <laughs> right? game. Yep, we can't, I get it. We 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 cannot play Monopoly together. I understand. But it's and and then having that EQ to understand that That's and right. being able to say, hey, it's, this is not play Monopoly, That's right? Right. So what do you love most about Baton Rouge? Easy. Uh, uh, the people. I love this community. Uh, I, I just, you know, I really wish we could break down all these barriers of black, white, north, south, all this ridiculous stuff um, that really keeps us from knowing each other more. Um, the people here are, are so warm, friendly. And it's something like that. And look, I've traveled all over the world. I've traveled over this country. And you can go to different parts of this country. Um, and people are not just, you know, there's something different. I mean, we're, we're much more family-oriented here. And, 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 you know, some people say the South, but I, I would even bring it down tighter. Um, I mean, I think what makes Baton Rouge, uh, uh, and, 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 and look, it's also can be a source of frustration um, for some, but I, at least for me, um, the friendliness, the warmth of the people, um, I just love it. I yeah. love it. I've, I've got an, a neighbor who we run the same, we run the opposite sides around our block. I have no idea who what his name is. I've never met the man, but every morning we always say, good morning, how's it going? <laughs> you do that in the anywhere, you know, towards the north side of the country, and you're going to be like, good morning, they're going to look at you like, hello, hello. What, 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 what are you doing? Why are you, why are you waving at me? That's right. That's <laughs> Mom, right. Stay in your lane, stay That's in right. your lane. That's right. Okay, so yeah. for the, the final question is, what, what can I do to help you? Um, what you can do is continue to do the show and promote all the positive things happening in the region. I, I like what you're doing. I, I mean, I remember when you first started and I like your tenacity, man. And, and, and I appreciate, you know, what you're doing in the community. And and uh, we need positive things like this because, again, uh, uh, there's so much negative noise out there and uh, people need to know in, in a bunch of different ways. Uh, a lot of the good things are happening with a lot of great people in our community. So keep doing this show. Well, I'll, I'll keep doing it one one episode at a time. And uh, for those listening, we've got three episodes being filmed this week. So it's um, we got a busy week ahead of us. Awesome, man. Well, Julio, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, man, my pleasure. I really appreciate it. And I want to give a, a big shout out and thanks to our sponsors, Triton Stone Group, which is a family-run, woman-owned company that has a carefully curated selection of stone. If you're into building a new home, you're going to renovating your home, be sure and give them a call. And let them know that Patty G sent you. They'll take care of you. 
like they do every one of their customers. And to our second sponsor, Falaya Real Estate, they're a local Baton Rouge-based application to sell your home. It's like for sale by owner, but way better, y'all. It's on steroids. They're getting houses, especially in the housing market. Any realtor will tell you they go on the market and the next day they're sold for well over asking price. You know, that's just how hot the market is. And so without further ado, thank y'all all very much for tuning in, whether it be through Facebook Live or the podcast platforms. I really appreciate it. And I know that the guests do as well. So thank you again, Julio, for coming on. Thank you, man. It's great to have you. I appreciate it. And everybody else, I'm Patty G, host of the Patty G Show. And that's a wrap.